And welcome into another episode of the Fieldhouse Files. I'm Scott Agnes. Joining me for this episode again from San Antonio is Dave DeFour. And the main thing that we need to hit on, want to hit on in this conversation is not only the return of Paul George, but him perhaps opening a can of worms or at least trying to tell his side of the story. And I really wish last night that he would have opened up a little bit or, or gotten more into the details because in turn, he basically teased it without providing anything of substance, which leaves everything else up for your judgment, for you to decide. So I wrote about that on The Athletic, and now Dave, who was watching last night on Monday night as the Pacers would beat 110-99 to by the Clippers and really did not have a good game. Dave, I think the first thing we should talk about is performance that Paul had, and immediately he put it in his, his, his hands, shot five of their first eight shots, missed early, but ultimately ended up with 36-9-5 and and continues to be such a dominant player on that floor on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I thought, you know, while, yes, he scored 36 points and, you know, 7 of 16 from 3, uh, I thought his playmaking was was the difference in last night's game. I mean, only 5 assists, but he was making plays for other people, and, and the hockey assists were there, um, and, and he was clearly drawing the attention of the defense, which opened up the floor for other guys. This was without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and several other guys as they were dealing with injuries. So the Clippers only went really nine deep on their bench. And for the Pacers, this is a game I chalk up to being kind of essentially a scheduled loss to an extent. While they were home, this was the first game back from a five-game road trip. And players always say, this is the toughest one. It's not the last one or last two on the road trip. It's that first game home. Um, after you're on the road for a while. However, again, that does sound a little bit like an excuse considering the Clippers are on uh, this long road trip. They're in Milwaukee, then D.C. the night before. Second night of a back-to-back. That's why Kawhi didn't play. But the Pacers just weren't sharp at all and and were outplayed. They trailed by as many as 24 and really were not in it at all. That's right. Now, I I do give them credit because they did keep playing, but they they never had a hope of coming back. It was not a great showing, and you know I think that we have now seen against the elite teams that that this team doesn't quite have the talent to make up for for you know what they're missing, and uh, this is when they really need Victor Oladipo, which <laughs> I feel like a broken record, but uh, you know clearly this team is going to improve a lot when he comes back. Yeah, he was out at practice again today, and it was really a light practice um, for the team because they're playing every other day at 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 least. Um, now so afterwards he scrimmaged with some of the end of the bench guys for about 35 minutes and Dave this was interesting to me um, was the fact of the amount of tension uh, that was placed on on this workout now there were a lot of guys involved but Kevin Pritchard was there he does airpods in I like to think he's maybe listening to our last episode of this podcast but Kevin was there Peter Dinwiddie Donnie Walsh they were all watching this along with the training staff and why this is telling is Usually, from what I remember, this is not the level of attention um, given to some given to something like this. Sure, guys are watching in and out coming through, um, but I, I didn't count. But there had to be about twenty different team personnel people, from interns, from PR, from training staff, watching this workout for whatever that might suggest to you. I mean, I'm hopeful that it means he that timetable is going to be bumped up. I, I still right, yeah. I would be surprised if it's. You know, if it's not in line with what your reporting has been and, and if he's back, 
man, if he could somehow be back before Christmas, what a game changer for this team. I think an uh, interesting part of the schedule, if you're looking in January, is a stretch. You, I'd bring him back on the road, less pressure. Mm-hmm. There's a couple games at Atlanta, at Charlotte, home versus Miami. Maybe that's his first home game. Uh, then you go to Chicago. Um, and this is all before that first big road trip or, or second big road trip, Denver, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, and then Portland. If he's not back by then, then you're looking at an early part of, of February. I got to believe he'll he'll be back by the all-star break, but that remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Dave. They, they provided the fight, and I think it was you that tweeted, you know, this is typical of Nate McMillan teams. They don't give up. They play hard yep. down the stretch, and, and that's what they're known for. That's one reason to his fault, uh, and he's often criticized from this from fans, is the fact that he doesn't pull guys early. He doesn't play that bench right. because he's been on the other side of it, and once you're on the other side of a comeback by the other team, you never take it for granted again. So that's 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 part of it. Yeah, and and look, guys want to play for a coach like that. Guys want to play for a coach that lets them stay in the game, that lets them, you know, take a shot at the comeback. And I think that this is this is why you you see these guys play so hard night in night out. Like Nate McMillan is not going to play you if you don't play hard. But Nate McMillan is the type of coach that you want to play hard for, and it shows with this team. I mean. I can't come up with a good reason why they're 15 and nine. And I know that, you know, they just lost to the Clippers, but they are outperforming my expectations by quite a bit. And it's clearly has to do with effort and not necessarily talent. Yeah. They've won eight of 11 They're They've taken care of those teams that they should. They won um, more than they didn't on that last road trip. But the one thing we still need to see, Dave, of course, is, is a win versus a notable team, a playoff team, which could be Boston this week, could be the Lakers next week. Um, that's the one big thing they continue to miss. They lost to Milwaukee, who it's just rattling off wins, 15 in a row. I was reading Eric Name's story today about that. There was Houston loss, Philadelphia, the Clippers. Outside of those top-tier teams, the Pacers have mostly handled their business. That's right. I mean, uh, they, they did get a win against Utah, but we're seeing more and more that Utah might might actually be a fraudulent contender. Um, they need a signature win, and, and they've yet to get it. Last night was a good opportunity. Um, obviously, the game the, uh, the other day against Philly was, was an opportunity. I, I think that Boston, maybe they've got a shot. They're, they're going to have to play a lot better for the full 48 against Boston to get a chance. I mean, the Clippers game, they were out of this one. They were out of that one pretty early. Um, would like to see the fight that they showed in the fourth against Boston to start the game. No, yeah, you're 100% right. Um, Doug McDermott's played well um, off the bench. He's been in double figures each of the last four games. Domana Sabonis keeps dominating the boards. Let's get into some of that a little bit later, perhaps. Have you ever wondered how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Looking to add the Air Jordan 1 Fearless UNC Chicago to your rotation? Or maybe you're feeling nostalgic for a pair of Air Max 95s. You can find it all and more on StockX, sometimes even for prices lower than retail. And at StockX, there's no hassle because StockX handles the exchange of every transaction so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers because StockX has you covered. StockX has an exciting offer exclusively for the athletic listeners. Use promo code BBALL2019. That's BBALL2019 
for $20 off your next purchase. You can visit StockX.com forward slash b-ball for more information. The main subject I want to discuss is Paul George, and I was essentially studying him and following him a little bit last night as he returned to Indianapolis. And one of my continued frustrations, I know this is kind of inside media here, is the Clippers and having to work with them. I feel bad for for those that have to do it on a regular basis, Dave, because they were the least friendly group, helpful group in all this. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. By rule, media rule, players are supposed to be made available. Well, Paul wasn't made available, so that meant we had to wait post-game. And so it was nearly 60 minutes after the game ended before we talked with him. It was a small group, um, relatively, um, about a dozen of us, and for about seven to ten minutes, we we talked with him, and right away he was asked about the booze, and that's not surprising to any of us. That's that's kind of fandom, right? A, a guy leaves you, right. you still kind of feel that hatred to an extent for him, relatively um, to sports, of course, and you want to take it out on him during the game, and, and maybe you can impact his play. Well, it didn't work last night, but... This game remains emotional for Paul, as you would expect. This is where he kind of grew up. But I, I kind of took exception, or he took exception, to those boos last night when he said this. I'm not the one to ask. I'm not the one to ask. Were you surprised at all that they still were booing you? No, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's Indiana for you. It's a Hoosier day. Do you, in some weird way, do you appreciate the booze? I mean, they still remember, they still, I mean, basketball's huge here, as you know. So. You know what, Some someday I'll do a tell-all, and I'll tell the leading events of how I left Indiana. Um, and I promise you, I'm not the one to boo. You want to share the teaser tonight? No, nah, I'm not going to share the teaser. I'm not going to share the teaser. I like being the villain. Um... I'm here two nights out of the year. The people that they should boo is here a lot longer than I am. Kevin and all of them have often said it, it was a gun punch when you did what you did. How do you kind of see that when you hear that? Well, you, when that, that when that's their perspective? You're getting close to trying to get this story out, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's that's his side of the story. Um, I'm not going to bad mouth KP. That's just Kevin's side of the story. So, Dave, the tell-all, I was trying to get to it, and I nearly got it. I asked him for a teaser. He said, no, I'm not going to get that teaser, as you heard. But what do you make of this, and was it even worth it for him to kind of bring it up rather than maybe even turn the equation on, did you see me? 36 points, and we dominated. What else do I have to say? My game said everything. That's right. Yeah, he could have literally just shut (laughs) everything down by saying, hey, I'm here to talk about basketball. You know, I play for the Clippers. I enjoyed my time in Indiana, the great basketball, Indianapolis, great basketball town. We had a lot of success, which they did. They had a really good team. Uh, you know, I'm thankful to the organization. Getting to learn from Larry Bird and, and all the great people that have been a part of this organization. Blah, 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 blah. All the normal, boring stuff. But instead, he says this, I'm not the one to boo. Well, I'm sorry. Isn't he the one that asked for a trade? Isn't he the one yes. that said that, you know, he wanted to play for the Lakers, you know, mm, back yes. when he was a Lakers fan before he was a lifelong Clipper fan, you know, and he's, he's not exactly like, I don't want to call him a liar, but not exactly the most uh, accurate narrator. 
Let's put it that way. So this is what um, it is, Dave. This is what I've yeah. always said, and I've maybe even said this to you on the podcast. He says what you, meaning the fans, want to hear, not what right. he what he feels and those sorts of things. And it's it's just const- always been a knock on, on him and what he's said. Now, we appreciate him being generally candid with us in the media. He's always been kind of relatively open. I remember you know, his first seven years here in Indy, really, yeah, his first seven, he was usually the first guy to talk and would serve, for the most part, as a team spokesman. Now, David West did through some of the difficult times. but So I, I get, praise him for that. Now, with that said, I think he, he, he lacks some of that understanding of the moment and what, what really does not need to be said in all of this. Uh, I mean, it shows a complete lack of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes two to tango, right? And... and I don't know that he would have chosen Indiana if he had been a free agent instead of having a draft. And certainly there, you know, I think that's something that merits discussion. You know, should guys feel loyal to the team that drafted them when they had no choice? Like start there if you if you want to do anything. But the very easy thing to do, you know, if we just want to boil it down to the to the most crass PR standpoint, the easiest thing to do is just say, you know, I loved it here. It was great. The stakes are amazing. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not hard to do that. But instead, you create this this story where there wasn't one. And mm-hmm. so now you're going to have people wondering, oh, well, who should we be booing? So my whole thing, too, with it is if you're going to come out and say that, which is fine because I appreciate his perspective and how he felt. We know one side of it from Kevin Pritchard and the Pacers. We don't exactly know his. But if you're going to go there, you have to go there. You, you can't just set it up and not swing through on your shot or your, your, um, you know, try to hit it out of the park to try to explain it and throw context because then others are going to do it for you. And so with this whole thing, these are kind of the bullet points, Dave, that I believe it generally came down for Paul. First of all, his desire to be in L.A., to be back home, and to be around family. That's number one and probably was always there. I think we all naturally have that appeal for us for the most part. I think one big problem was the lack of talent surrounding him. The couple, Absolutely. Now, he, in fairness, he did praise Larry Bird for the moves this summer before his last season here. I remember distinctly, we were in Chicago at the United Center during Team USA practice, and he was praising Larry for bringing in Monte Ellis and bringing in a veteran presence like Al Jefferson and those sorts of things. But the reality is, seven guys from his last team in Indy a group that was swept in the playoffs, though it was by LeBron, was out of the league the very next year. They were not a talented group. They won 42 games. And Larry, in that front office by extension, did not do a good enough job of surrounding him with talent to maximize him as he was entering his prime. The second thing that he attests to is the fact that Danny Granger, guy he shares an agent with, guy who's um, worked out in Los Angeles for quite a while with. He did not like the ending to Danny's story, a guy who gave it all for the franchise, who, who played it out for, for so long during the, the darkest age, an era where the team would really like to forget post-brawl. And Danny, and as a, a result of that, had knee issues, had calf issues, and never was the same player. And rather than you know allowing him to go out on his own time and finish with the Pacers, perhaps, maybe he was a one-franchise guy, the Pacers moved on. And that's a reasonable debate, whether it was worth it or not. Now, it didn't work. Um, they brought in Evan Turner and Lavoie Allen. 
there was a lot of clash. And again, there's a lot more details that we could go into, but let's keep it short here. That same year, Larry Bird, who played a lot of power forward in his career, also tried to take control of Paul's return and said, hey, we're going to play him at power forward. I played power forward. It's a little more physical. I think it'll be helpful for him. I think he can dominate his matchups. Won't be too physical for him on the one end. We're going to play him at power forward. That's my call. Paul really wanted to play spot minutes. He expected that to be, you know, 5 to 12 minutes per game and not necessarily 25 minutes per game. And national media kind of overblew this whole subject, and we're still asking about it uh, in December, whereas really after, I don't know, 10, 15 games, Frank moved on from the whole thing uh, and everything there. Uh, The really last thing that it comes down to, two last things, was he felt like he was out of the loop during the trade deadline his final year here. And from what I was told, the Pacers really weren't interested in trading him. Maybe they should have and gotten perhaps gotten more value for him. But I, I remember I was at Hinkle Fieldhouse during this. I wanted to sneak in. I snuck in the doors as Paul was going through a Gatorade commercial, filming a new one, Rakeem Christmas, Joe Young, two guys that are now out of the league, were part of that commercial and everything. At the same time, that next day, he, or maybe it was in the same day, yeah, it was the trade deadline day, nothing happened, and we were in the hallway at Banker's Life, and I remember him distinctly saying the fact that he was upset that he was not in the loop despite seeing his name floated around in trade rumors. That irritated him, and then the last point, Dave, of this long-winded explanation, but there's a lot of nuance to it, is what happened at the celebrity softball game. As he said, there's nothing more that I want to do than to bring Indiana its first title to wear that blue and gold and 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 I'm I'm after it I'm a pacer let's let everything play out and then I think it was three days later his agent asked for a trade so that's in my mind all the different points the main points that led to where we are today him being moved not once but then twice and ultimately landing in his desired location of Los Angeles uh, that's pretty thorough for, for a short <laughs> podcast. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I, so who's the boo? Uh, who's the say? Uh, right. So the my immediately it has to be Larry Bird in my mind because he didn't yeah. surround him with that core. He did not keep him in in the loop, and he was the guy that wanted to play him at power forward. Um, but and, let's be honest, he wasn't staying. He was never staying. I think like, he. This is. I, I think I he would have. Why this is so difficult for players? Hey, man. I wasn't going to stay. I wanted to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not hard. There Every was some, human being can understand it. There was some writing on the wall to an extent. The f- last year, year and a half, I would say, leading into that summer, um, the one big thing that I thought was notable was the fact that he kind of distanced himself from franchise records, from talk of his potential to be the best player in franchise history from topping Reggie Miller's marks. That was something that really excited him early on, but not his last two. And to me also suggested the fact that, "Mm, yeah, he probably can't be the best in franchise history if I move on and, and choose to go elsewhere. Yeah. I don't know. It all seems very uncomplicated to me. It's it's really not that hard. And, And by the way, he is the one to boo because he doesn't play for the Pacers. Right, and, and that's, that's one. That's reason enough. The, the one, no, you're good. This this is yeah. one thing though. I will say that I didn't like about it was the fact that one of the Pacers fan sections last night ch- uh, chanted "Paul George sucks," and I know they do that with a lot of different guys. They try to get in their head, those sorts of things. But 
to me, that was distasteful a little bit. And, and yeah. ultimately, some staffers went to him and they were informed. Let's cut that out. Let's not do that. And I think we're all better off um, for oh, that. If you want to say we don't miss cool you, it's kind of fun. Yeah. And, but keep in mind, this front office is very focused on acquiring players, acquiring talent to play along with their current group. And don't think for a second that these other players who could be free agents aren't listening and, and thinking, well, oh, that's how they treated LeBron. They yelled that at him. Right. They yelled this at Paul, a guy that gave everything for seven years. Now, this is one section of, of the whole stadium, and it's funny to me, Dave, the fact that it was a section started by Paul George and George Hill. It was originally oh, called the man. G2 Zone, and Miles Turner kind of took over it when he left. So some of those people were part of that section when it was Paul and the Pacers giving him tickets, not Miles Turner. That's amazing. That wasn't lost on me in all that last night. Weekends are made for football, and with so many college and pro games on the slate, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekend even better. The DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on all the action 24-7, 365 days a year. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boost to free bets, DraftKings has it all. DraftKings Sportsbook is so easy to use. You can deposit, place your bets, and withdraw in a matter of seconds. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook will give new users a free bet just for signing up. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code FAST when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet on sign-up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Don't forget, sign up with code FAST to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet up to $500 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Indiana only. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 800-9-WITH-IT. But- Here, here's, my, here's my thing, if I, if I may. Right. I don't want to tell fans how to how to experience, you know, the, the sport. But I think if a player played for you for a long time, which he did. Right. And they were successful. But really, whether they were successful or not, Paul George seemed like he was, you know, a good member of the community and all this stuff. So you cheer him during the lineup. Right. Introductions. And then boo the hell out of him the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. But keep it keep it, you know, in good spirit. Right. Like if if these people saw Paul George out at dinner, they wouldn't run up to his table and boo him, right? Can I get a picture? Yeah. Can I get your exactly autograph? Would be. Thank you for so everything you, you did. Yeah, you boo him, but it should be good-natured. You know, yes, you want your team to win, but you don't, like, hate Paul George in real life. So as long as it just stays at that level, I think everybody should be fine. But Paul George, like, come on, man. Like, let's just be real. On the other side of it, at the end of his talk, he did uh, discuss talking with Vic briefly, and one notable thing he said, I thought, in all this is, I I just told him to come back on his own time. Whenever he returns, just make sure he's healthy. And and I think that's just one player who had gone through a significant, perhaps career-threatening injury to another. Um, Absolutely. And I thought it was also notable, I had not heard this before, but he said the Pacers had granted... Paul some permission to rehab a little bit in Los Angeles during all that. Now, he didn't do it much, but he did some, and that's notable because, of course, Victor chose to do almost all of his rehab uh, away from the team back home in his offseason home of Miami. And that's where they, the whole comment of the sun doing wonders was interesting because uh, that's where Paul said um, it's great for a, 
uh, him to have that awesome opportunity. They gave him to go clear his head, go through that process in a warm climate. It worked. The sun does amazing things on the body. That's right. And this is why people want to play in L.A. <laughs> I mean, if, between that and the fact that it's L.A., you know, like the warm weather cities have, have an advantage, except for Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you want to play in front of your family and That's be right. in the, the warm temperatures all year round and have a chance to compete for a title? Every single yeah. year. I think that that in being paid the most that you can get is ultimately what it comes down to. There's right. no reason to to cloud it. That's what it is. That's what matters to these guys. Yeah. And, and again, most human beings are fairly reasonable and almost everybody can understand. Hey, I wanted to go play at home. It's not it's not that big of a deal. And I, I think that by by turning it into this thing that it it, it shouldn't need to be it really just drags it out for no good reason. And the easy answer is do the PR shuffle. Hey, I really enjoyed my time here and just move on. Like ah, it's such a, it's a nothing burger, but now we have to talk about it because of the way that he presented it. It's one of those things that I think Pacer fans will always be conflicted of. I did a poll last night and it's still kind of towards that middle. 60% said over it, wish him well. Another 41% of several hundred votes, of all Pacer fans primarily, uh, said still holding on to the grudge. Because, yeah, he, he was set up to maybe be the best player in history, to kind of lead that charge, but he wanted out. You can kind of understand it, and I think the general thing, maybe on the last thing on this subject, Dave, is the fact it's not that he wanted out, it's how he went about it. Um, although, in turn, because he didn't leave them hanging for dry the next summer when he could opt out of his contract, the Pacers were able to get something for him, and they got one all-star and a soon-to-be a second one. That's going to get a bonus. <laughs> a Sabonis? Is that what you said? <laughs> that He's going to get a bonus, even though I said he was never right. going to make those bonuses. Oh. I know. Yeah, so they might have gotten two all-stars from it, for him. And, and and this is the thing. is like I don't think he did wrong by the team, and I don't think the team necessarily did wrong by him. And so the sooner everyone just moves on, the better. The one I think he did do the wrong, them wrong was the fact that, at least according to the Pacers, he was hyping up the team. He was contributing to free agent meetings. Kevin Pritchard had a good dis- dinner discussion about the future and the free agents they hoped to land that summer. And then I think it was you know less than a week before the draft where it's a time where you could maybe use those draft picks you acquire, what have you. It was the timing and, and all of that. Maybe they felt at least misled. I wish Paul would have shared his side of the story, but... It it probably wasn't the right form either, right after a game when they're trying to hustle to a plane to get to Toronto after playing the night before. I mean, I will say I will say this. Paul George has made two trade requests so far in his career. He's all about he's so. I think he's still chasing happiness and he maybe always will because he he seeks that the he loves this, the love from fans and, and love from everyone else. I thought it was interesting after the game. He, he went to half court. Um, talked with Amp Harris, a local promoter, took a picture with him, then went and signed autographs. He was the last player into the locker room, and he was the last player out of it. Um, so there's a lot of good feelings, but a lot of negative um, ones that immediately come to mind. I just hope here, maybe five years down the road, both sides can look back fondly on their time together and realize ultimately it looks like both things are working out. Pacers got a couple of great players in exchange for him, and Paul ultimately got paid and got his wish to go back home. Yeah, at the Jersey retirement ceremony, they'll mm. they'll bury the hatchet. Mm. Mm. Dave, that leads to a different whole whole other discussion. 
I'm not sure he, he gets it now. I'm not sure Ooh. he's part of it. And, and part of why I say that is you have to consider the Pacers' criteria. They are very strict about it. There's only, what, five jerseys up there? They are all Hall of Famers with the exception of the late owner, Mel Simon. All the rest are Hall of Famers from Slick Leonard to Mel Daniels to Reggie Miller. And Paul will surely be a Hall of Famer. But I think we'll look back and the meat of his career will end up being elsewhere. That's where he maybe competes truly for a title and is one of the top guys on their team. I don't think it happens right now or ever. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Wow. I mean, we'll find out in like, what, six, seven years, something like that? Is that about the timetable? I'd probably go a little more because you'd probably wait two or three years after it's done. But the the only ones with numbers hanging in the rafters, George McGinnis, Reggie, Mel Daniels, Roger Brown, Slick Leonard, and one of the owners, Mel Simon. That's it. They're not one of those franchises like the Celtics that have what? I don't know, 20 20 numbers up there. I think the Bulls have a ton of them. Numbers in the 70s for the Celtics because they're all retired, yeah. Yeah, if you argued for an NBA guy, it'd probably be Jermaine O'Neal. And if you did for the ABA Pacers, it would be Freddie Lewis, probably the next guy in line. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole yeah. different discussion here. But, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that Paul showed out last night but then probably could have handled himself better postgame and not opened up this whole thing. And I know now that he's glad to have this game behind him because it's always an emotion. It's a special time coming back home, but it's also an emotional time because of – the reaction from fans and everything still to this day. Yeah. All right. Well, the Pacers have the Celtics coming up on Wednesday. Stay at home, really, with the exception of Atlanta on Friday. So it's a nice chunk of the schedule at home. We'll see how they can handle this more challenging schedule. It's still a time Nate was talking about how they're still trying to figure out exactly their identity, who they are. Now that guys are finally healthy again, that's the one good thing. With right now, Edmund Sumner is back and back into the rotation. Um, Doug McDermott's playing well, and the guy that's not right now is Miles Turner. And uh, they need him to, to return to form a little bit because he has not looked good um, lately. But, uh, Dave, any final thoughts on this Paul George-centric podcast? I mean, Paul George is a great player and had a really, really good run in, in Indiana. And I just, you know, I think that that's where everyone should just leave it. Reunions are fun, but they also lead to bad feelings. And uh, That's right. <laughs> I thought it was interesting right. last night. He had his manager here, and he was telling me before the game, you know, they, they thought back to all those good times they had together here um, before the game. And I, I think that's only natural to reminisce, especially when this was – I think this marked the growth part of his career. He went from unknown. I remember on draft night, it wasn't booze. It was who? Who is Paul George? He's Fresno State, where's that? Um, into the, the perennial all-star that he is. But, Dave, I'll let you go. I, I know you enjoyed watching the game last night and enjoyed this discussion about Paul. And uh, now we can talk some basketball here on our next podcast. That's right. I enjoy this yeah, other I... side show, but I also think this is part of the NBA, right, where they need to sell more of the basketball, the game and, and the competition, and less, more so, less so these storylines that we often dive deep into. I agree. You're, you're preaching to the choir. It's actually been the, sort of the – the drum I've been banging here the last couple of weeks and especially this team that is enjoyable to watch. If you like watching guys, you know, compete. And, and that's the beauty of the, this Pacers squad is that they, they lack some talent, but they make up for it with effort. And, and you never watch these guys take a playoff. Fun conversation, Dave. I enjoyed it as always. And if you want to get 
this episode and more ad-free. Subscribe to The Athletic today and get 40% off the annual price at theathletic.com forward slash fieldhouse files or be sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. Otherwise, we'll talk to you again soon.